everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. Welcome along to uh, Season 7, Episode 27 of LOI Central. On the show today, we're talking to Mark Connolly, uh, who is looking forward to Derry City's um, latest game in Europe, in Tallis Stadium, no less, uh, this week. And uh, yeah, so we'll check in with Mark. Good win for Derry as well at the weekend over Drogheda. Um, and we do have a title race, I think. As I mentioned, this is Season uh, 7, Episode 26, in association with... 27, G- Johnny. Season 27. There we go. We've missed an Have episode. Have you forgot who they're playing, Derry City? You've gone through that without... Toba. Who? How do we pronounce this? Is it not Tobal? Tobal, yeah. What city are you from? Sound this is like Northern trivia. Kazakhstan. Well, yeah, but what city? What's the word? Tobal. Oh, yeah. I looked this up last week. Never heard of it. Can't remember. It was Kost- like... Kostanay. It was kind of like a Russian-type settlement. It's a relatively new city, I think. Um, mm. Yeah. Not a relatively new pitch, but we do hear no, from Mark Connolly. No. It's, it's, just, it's, just, it's just funny, listen, a lot of people are like, there you're playing in Europe. And here they're playing, ah, the Tobal. Tobal. Yeah. Tobal. Is that, is that how it's definitely pronounced? Uh, I mean, probably not. It's yeah. probably pronounced completely differently. Like we mangle all just the typical sort of Western arrogance, just let's just call it whatever suits us. Well, they know? won't be playing in Northern Ireland anyway. They'll be playing in Tala um, and they won't be playing in Windsor, which... Um, would have been a bit of crack. Um, we, we I'll just, just I mentioned the sponsors first. I do want to talk about that Tally game as well. We are in association with Future Ticketing as ever. Um, we're in association with Collar and Cuff. Call into Decky for your free shirt and tie with your suit. And just to mention Rascals as well, they've announced full lineup for the Beer and Rock Music Festival called Rocktoberfest, happening on September 23rd. Go to rascalsbrewing.com for full details and tickets. I can't go to the Derry game on Thursday. Um, working. I'm working in Tremor on Thursday and Friday, so I'll be able to watch it. You're, you're, you're more of a, just, just your work lifestyle at the moment, you're, you're more of a TV viewer of football or a stream viewer of football at the moment than an attendee. Yeah, I haven't been at that many games. Like, I, I didn't get down to Watford for the going out again Friday as well, which probably should have, to be fair. But the, um, the, the, the relationship still hasn't been mended. Ah, I think it's all right. Um, but when you go to Belfield on Friday. Um, I am planning to go to Belfield. Yeah, the cup, the magic of the cup, and all that. Um, That'd be good. UCD obviously getting a draw against Cork City, but Dan, the I I I think this is a this is a cool enough event in Dublin, but I think the ticket pricing will put a lot of people off. Well, I've seen we had a question this with the mail, the like, mail, mail. That that has been the dairy price for the European Games. So why should they make it cheaper because they're coming to Dublin? Well, because it has a, a capacity of more than double the Brandywell for one thing, so yeah. they can get a lot of people in. And so also, sorry, like. Uh, this is a, the you type of You say it's events. a cool event. Uh, who's it that? should get neutral. D- Derry, Derry against Tobol. Like, oh, yeah, it's, it's a big game. It's live on RTE, which is correct. I think that's good. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like, I think I don't think the ticket price is going to be an issue for the Derry fans that are travelling. It's just an extra fiver on top. of mm. like that, That's the European price. You're talking about these neutrals that are going to come out and watch this game. I, I accept your point. I, would, I, I wouldn't mind if it was a little bit cheaper, but... I don't think that it's enough of an event for Derry to be absolutely sure that if they suddenly went for a tenner, that it wouldn't cost them a lot of money. Based on, like, this is always the problem with League of Ireland t- ticket prices, and it's always getting the balance right. Like, you want to make it reasonably priced and give, like, good season ticket packages, or, or and that's what they've generally done. But there is an element at times of thinking, okay, you know, there's a hardcore that will always attend. Um, and what's the upside, if you make though? It, it, like what's, what, what's the, what, what's the well, I think the people. Of? Well, I don't think it's going to stop people from Derry traveling, right? 
the, the hard core. So you're talking about these... How many will travel, the, do you think? These, I don't know. But you're talking about these neutrals who might go, who will be put off by the price. Like, I'm not sure how many that there is. And if they suddenly made it a tenner all round, and let's just say there's like 1,500 or 2,000 people who who, who end up travelling or, or coming or whatever, well, then how much are you knocking off the income of them mm. if you make that price? And what's the upside? How many more do you need to get? to, to, to Are you going to get an extra 2,000 people to come? Because of the ticket price, I think. I in think. Expe- I, I think in expensive Dublin at the moment, people are are, are honestly like. I, I think if people like, how much should the tickets be? Oh, like fifteen, maybe twenty. Like it's okay. It's, so it's you're talking about the difference of a fiver. But sorry, it's twenty five. It could sterling, be better, but I just don't twenty five. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, it's but like, you're still not pricey. You're, it is pricey, but I don't think that's going to be the determining factor that that. That that gets you an extra thousand on the gate that justifies the decision. It'll definitely when put people off. When they've paid, for, they've paid. Well, like they've paid for a char- like you've mentioned. Char- yeah, you've yeah. mentioned it consistently. To be fair, and I think that's probably raised more awareness. A lot of people are really so used to expensive prices in Dublin, they probably just go and put in for the tickets and just buy them anyway. Mm. You know, um, the type of people who will go are probably not going to be put off by the price that much. I would argue. Um, I see your point, but I think when Derry paid for a chart to Kazakhstan, and I just don't think you're going to get enough neutrals to justify. A price slash that'll just end up leaving them short. I What's your crowd prediction then? It's a tough one to call. I don't know. They're only open in the West Stand, as far as I can see. So uh, they're like only opening the, 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 the West Stand. The, that, that's what the suggestion was. If you look at the, the ticket prices, there's only West Stand that's on offer. So will they get enough to justify opening maybe the stand behind the goal? I wouldn't be so sure. Like if there's a bit of a buzz around it, but it's it's hard because, like as I said, the opposition aren't mm. a glamour team. You know, if you can imagine, and also the opposition aren't bringing any fans. Like you can imagine, if you're playing a team from Sweden or, or Norway or something, mm. like you know, you might have like a couple of hundred fans traveling. You know, or like a Polish team or something. The fact that you don't have that, you can imagine that you you would think that one stand would probably meet the demand. Like, this is fun. Like this is actually a game I'd love to go to because uh, Derry are playing very well. They play well in Tala, and like it's they're the last Irish team standing. Um, but if I had my neutral hat on, I was like nearly thirty quid. No, you've you've made your point yeah. of this consistently. But I know, like, I, I, I've spoken to people closer to. But the you issue were well up for the seven euro a game on on LOI TV last year for a stream, which was which over a month. Hey, but that, that's over, more a, of a month, over a month. How much? How much are you paying to? Like, if you wanted to watch two games in a, in a night, mm. three games in a night, you're talking about twenty one quid. And don't even see 90, 90 minutes of all of them. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe it's not that big of an issue. I, I, I don't think, think the optics are the optics aren't great though. I don't, I don't really it's, see it's the, not terrific, but honestly, I like I'm not really rewarding Derry fans for making the making the trip down and then charging them twenty five sterling to go to a game. The, that in is Dublin. the European price. That is the price that they paid. They charge conference league playoffs. Yeah, I know, yeah. but look, I I anyway. think I don't think I just don't know like. Derry, as I said, they travel in style last week. Where are if you if like? Where are the neutrals? Like, where is the confidence? That like, where are the people outside of your network of friends that you know that if for some reason the tickets for that game were say twenty euro as opposed to say what twenty eight euro or something mm. with inflation that you're going to justify that you're going to get an extra sort of a thousand people or something to come on account of the prices. I, I just don't see it. Mm. I just don't see it in any way. Wonder where um, many Shamrock Rovers fans go. Like, yeah, some people will go but like honestly I mean unfortunately like, but actually, like you know not everyone listens to this from Dublin if you can't just but I think it's an Irish thing particularly a Dublin thing the city is so expensive again mm. like, you know you see you know, people complaining about uh, I'm going down a different road but like complaining about like media subscriptions and paywalls and the cost of stuff and it's like lads like you know I accept I accept the argument that and the points that people are making 
But as we all know, if you like, if you if you do your shopping now, like by tapping for stuff, or you buy a couple of coffees or pints by like tapping for stuff, you're constantly you're 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 getting that markup, you know, <laughs> across a week very mm. easily. Like you can go to a petrol station and like buy a bottle of water and a bar of chocolate, and you've probably been screwed out of a euro that you wouldn't have been before, mm. you know. But then people sometimes when they see a definitive price for an event or something on paper, they start to think about it, you know. Um, I, I see your point, but I don't think there's enough of a neutral market for this game to, to justify slashing the prices. I think they'll end up making less money from the game. Yeah, and to be fair, I've, I imagine the cost of that charter was absolutely colossal. Like, we'll hear from Mark Conley the, how long it took. Mark, um, yeah, yeah. But it, it obviously made a, it made a big, big difference to Jerry's preparation and the 1-0, you know, the 1-0 scoreline gives them a very realistic chance. Uh, you know, they weren't they weren't great either, the Kazakhs. Like, they were okay. They were, yeah, but well, listen, they may I, improve we are, time. yeah, this is it. Like, the, the classic, like, Irish in Europe, let's watch a team across a 90-minute game mm. and just conclude that they're great or not great or whatever. I think that that pitch was dreadful. Mark references in our interview, we recorded the interview already, um, and they did go and win 3-1 in Basel in the previous mm. round away from home so it's mm. not as if they're a team who relies on their home form as a crutch um, it's not the case they look like they were now they, obviously it's like a bad like Brandywell or, 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 or Oriel like you, you wouldn't say it suits the teams but obviously if you play on it enough you know how to play it you know and, and certainly the, the, the top ball approach was not to mess around too much at the back. They tried to go along, tried to target space behind Ben Doherty sometimes, and, and they had a few little plans there. Tala's obviously slightly different, um, but, I mean, it's also, like, a decent-sized surface, so I'm, I'm sure they'll be looking to try and stretch Derry again too. Um, but I, I'm very much looking forward to the game. It's good it's on TV, because I, I think, I don't know, was it Dodger? Someone made the point with the European results being poor. There was no clamour, no abuse of RTE for their lack of coverage of fixtures, which is so true. You know, when the results are bad, everyone's like... Oh, no, it's good that they weren't shown. But no, but no, the point is, they should be on, they showed the first game against Bradbury. No, no, you have to be consistent. They should be on all the time regardless. You can't just have an a la carte approach and say, well, it would suit us if this game was on, but not that one. No, I know what you mean. I I feel that they should always be on. The Women's World Cup was obviously a complication this year. But uh, yeah, the old Shamrock Rovers teams, it's funny now, last week, see Breidablik conceding six in Bosnia. Uh, albeit with 10 men, they actually like did really well and they've still got a, and they've still got a chance of making the groups because if they lose this tie, which seems quite likely, they'll still go and play, I think, more likely a team from Macedonia, for North Macedonia, for a place in the group stages. KA got hammered by Bruges, there's no surprise by that. Um, but but there you go. You know, Dude Lange didn't make it very far. Like Derry have certainly, even if Derry go out on Thursday, and I think it's a 50-50 thing for me, um, even if they go out, I, I think Derry have have come to Europe and they've shown up. And like I think this is the thing. There's no doubt to some of the other clubs. Limitations were exposed, you can argue, but they also just didn't play well. Like these are cup ties and you have to bring your best. And I think Derry, in terms of preparation and tactics and balance of their team, you know, the squad oh, depth. They've, been, they've got it they've right in Europe. Sense. Like they've given themselves the best chance to progress. And well, it may it may well prove that on Thursday they just they just can't get it done. There's a slight still a slight fear with Derry sometimes that they're not the most clinical team in the world. You know, um it's good to see McGonagall back and scoring on Sunday. Um yeah, they're not like you know. They're not sort of a team that you'd say, yeah, that's typical Derry. You know, they'll they'll kill you with a well, sucker punch. They'll have a lot of the ball sometimes without killing you with it. Well, they hit Drogheda for three, but they also, 
um, had to score goals in Finland. So they've shown of late. I think McGonagall. No, I think McGonagall's form. I think not starting and being rotated a bit. I think he's like he got a nice goal on Sunday. And also Derry in he had a newborn as well. That's why he didn't travel to Finland. I think it was he okay. Had a new arrival. So that's why he was after the apart from that game as well. They've only conceded a goal or less in the European game. So they've been solid at the back. They didn't cough up many chances on Thursday. Um, and I think they've grown with the European experience, but they've. They just have players that are like, and watching the Drogheda game, Dan, again, we'll reference later on, but they're, they're playing with a bit of confidence now. And I think they're going into, I, I really do give them realistic chances. I do, Thursday, I give them a great yeah. chance. I'm not, well, sorry, I give them a chance on Thursday. I give them a great chance to win in the league. I mean, the, mm. the, the, the irony about the whole situation is like progress in Europe Cop is at the viewed weekend. as an enemy to, uh, to progress in the league. And like, if they get through, then they have a away game against Bowes, which will suddenly be sandwiched between like two, two huge playoff ties, like some of the biggest games you can play in your life if you get to that scenario. So I'm, I'm you know, torn th- th- this there's almost like, a scenario. There's almost a scenario where that Bowes game is like, right, do we just... Listen, just have to go sort of make, you know, listen, we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge if they come to it. They have to do very well to get to it. But this mm. is the, the slight dilemma that they will they will face because their, their game in hand is against UCD, which you'd expect them to win during the break. So you're feeling like mentally in some ways they're two points behind. So, you know, do they, can they afford, not, not to write off another league game, they won't do it, but just take a risk by going weaker in it. Do you give yourself that little bit of leg room? Um, to, to, to give a go at Europe we'll see we'll talk about it Just it could wanna, be completely um, redundant on Thursday right? yeah, yeah like they obviously have to win the game and if they win it by one it goes into extra time so they have a long way to go I just want to mention UCD as well um, I said last week UCD shouldn't be in the Premier Division just to clarify what I meant was that UCD the quality UCD have should not be in the Premier Division I understand one. your point yeah. I don't think but they, it was kind of put forward almost on Twitter as like UCD should not be allowed in the Premier Division that's not what I meant funny enough Andy Myler said we're going to be improving and Dan Cork City really needed to beat them on Friday, and they didn't. And you're you're just wondering. Um, we've plenty on the mailbag on Cork, but like they really need to be beating UCD, and they didn't. And this was like you're looking at games they need to win to get to that second last place. This was. I know. Oh, I mean, it's bad news for Cork. Great news for Sligo Rovers and Drada. You know, <laughs> like it's just like Sligo Rovers. Luke McNicholas. One of the other things that's happened since you know he's gone to Wrexham on an initial initial loan. Um, with a view to making it permanent in January and if worth clarifying if they don't uh, if Wrexham don't activate that option they're still going to have to pay a considerable fee to uh, to Sligo Rovers but uh, a couple of eyebrows raised at that one and a, a gamble definitely but um, I think you know the Cork City are making everyone probably feel a little bit more comfortable in that sort of those, mm. those two clubs drawn in Sligo Rovers because if they're not beating UCD at home like we didn't a couple of questions come in later than, than the mailbag sort of cut off but like I know we had Decky from the other Three Amigos pod like talking this morning like when he's very despondent when are the uh, national media going to start talking about um, Liam Buckley's performance as Cork FC manager and the state of the club in general um, and you know Colin he took nine points from the first nine LB has taken just six points from the no- same nine fixtures but I think the point is right no one's going to be going after Liam Buckley because it's very clear he was brought in as a caretaker mm. um, in an unusual situation and um, they've it's, it's been reported that they've tried to go after Kevin Doherty in recent weeks so I think the, I, I, it's very rare that you see a caretaker being sort of savaged you know like even if it's the sporting director I don't think that's going to be the case um, what but happened it, with but Colin Healy like I mean, is there, well, yeah, I like. To, I don't. I, I don't. I'm not going to pretend to know. Mm. Um, but but obviously we know that Colin Healy was always. Well, sorry, we do know that Colin Healy 
had other things going on in his life and mm-hmm. and, and clearly you know that he never gave you the sense that like first team management was the life that he craved you know that he lived that he that he that it was you know it was, it was where he saw himself maybe you know so um but but clearly like the, I mean, the kevin darch thing was very weird and showed a degree of panic creeping into the club that they I, I didn't that see way. much upside in that because like if you're if you're betting on this he's not going to take that job it's like it, it, no no we've talked to this last no, week but it, so I think when, he, when he turns it down it's in like okay yeah, the message it sends yeah no I, like I know what you're saying um they're only five points off draw still it's not it's not no, they, play Drada, Sligo. they have games coming up against them but look I mean and, and obviously Rory Keaton is is you know very understandably has been out of the equation and, and he has been a big player for that, them that's been very of, unfortunate because like I I do think he's been massively missed particularly at home to UCD but even like you know he nicked that point against Pats yeah. and, and a couple of so yeah they, they have a chance but I mean but clearly like the way the fixtures work you know I mean I don't have the fixtures all off the top of my head but if they're obviously playing Drada and Sliger Rovers soon then clearly the rest of their final series of games is going to be against all the clubs at the top end of the table. Yeah. So, like, yeah, and I think they've one more game against UCD, don't they? So, like, it's it's just going to be it's problematic for them. And um, but yeah, I mean, why are Nashville making more of it? I guess. Look, um, I understand it's the it's the center of the world in in Cork. It's probably it probably hasn't registered with people. But probably from the outside, they're not probably following the week-to-week travails, which are obviously being covered extensively down there. Mm. And there's clearly been some, um, yeah, there's obviously unusual, unusual tensions and parts. And I think, in fairness, that that the their podcast or the podcast friends have probably been in the middle of that. Which uh, we can get from my remove. Uh, it seems some strange. But let's let's. Uh, I think I, I don't think you pick your battles. Uh, you have to pick your battles like well. I think, and I don't think that's a wise battle to fight even if you feel criticism has been harsh it just doesn't doesn't ever work out for you but anyway listen let's deal with some of the week's other talking points um from the weekend because we haven't talked about shells and, and shamrock rovers yet um which was like the game i was at or pats and bow so let's go to the mail hey what's the time it's mailbag time a big bag of electronic letters bitter red boy i like this and it's very relevant to this part even by league of ireland standards there's a lot of whinging this year What's your reasons to be cheerful? I'm giving him the mailbag price for that. He's right. Bit of optimism. I want no whinging out of you for the next two minutes. Or me. He gets the mailbag prize. Yeah. I oh, see. So you're, you're literally whinging about him winning I it. think there was a better one. But anyway, there you go. Yeah, I don't what make What was the, the better calls. one? The one on... Um, if you want to stay up and organise the mailbag and pick the winner, that's fine. But you yeah. know what will happen then? There will be no mailbag. Um, uh, bit of red boy. I, I like his optimism. And like we've gone straight into whinging at each other off the back of it. Why are we optimistic? I'm optimistic still that the crowds are holding up into the third series of games. Um, I'm optimistic by that. I am optimistic by the ability of, like, I see Mason Miller coming off the bench on Friday night. You see that? And it's like, yeah, that's like, this is it. Like, this is a good thing that the superstars, hopefully, of the next generation, we do get to see them. Yeah. I'm optimistic by that. Uh, I'm optimistic enough still by the fact that even when you're annoyed by something like Euro 2028 and I feel like the message has really hit home now that the FBI and government when they're doing stuff aren't going to get away I don't think with sort of shoving the league stuff to the side I'd be optimistic enough about that um Anton you're optimistic about Galway Uh, maybe um yeah Galway not getting promoted um 
the you're struggling. You're actually finding optimism harder than me. I'm surprised. You're normally quite upbeat. No, I'm I'm upbeat about the League of Ireland. In what sense? What's what's making you optimistic? Uh, like still, you know, you look at Clark's performance for both the other night. Really good. The crowds are good. A lot of young players coming through. Derry are still in Europe. Um, I still think the standard is good. I like going to games. I mean, we shouldn't no, underestimate. I mean, you haven't been to many. Shouldn't underestimate the crowds this season. How they've held up. Um, I'd be very optimistic. Just I mean, my 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 lack of optimism in life is entirely down to um, nothing to do with football because I like I don't yeah sport isn't isn't the escapism it was for me anymore. That's the problem. This is a crucial issue. So I I'm very happy with the League of Ireland. It's just sport is just. Uh, Have you got more than crowds? In the League of Ireland, but like we're now, we're now, we're now, we're now, like who'd have thought that League of, who'd have thought the League of Ireland's main resort for optimism would be attendances? This is actually pretty, yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. No, like look, look at I mean, you mentioned media. Look at like Clark. Look at the young players at Pats. Um, there's some good young players coming through in the league. Um, even players that have gone on from the League of Ireland are doing well. Um, I, I still think it's. I'm very like I've never been happier with the state of the League of Ireland. Um, just, just not happy with the state of the world. Well, now let's let we, our optimism window was closed, and let's move on to uh, cold hard reality. David Coleman, will Pats get anything when the likes of Murphy, Melia, and Curtis leave? Seeing lots of conflicting info online. Jonathan Rogers, will Pats be due any sort of fee if Adam Murphy leaves before the end of the season? Um, yeah. So look, I was reporting on Sunday, but Adam Murphy and Bristol City stepping up their interest. Um, I'm not sure what Davies referring to in terms of conflicting info online um, Pats will receive of course you receive com- compensation. compensation for any young player any young player under the age of 23 who's been at your club for any period of time um, it's just obviously determined by how long they've been there um, where they go and obviously in some cases those players will be on, tied into a contract some cases their contracts will be expiring adam murphy's the the, the more relevant one i suppose because it's just happening um he signed the two and a half year deal as a pro i think the same day that james the did um when he was 16 it's up at the end of the season and um, he's been a pats all the way through i suppose from uh from when he left belvedere so he's at a good scent at the club so if pats didn't do business in this window um, there would be a decent sized compensation at the end of the season. Now that's determined by the club that you go to. So like, for example, Jack Moylan potentially going to Lincoln, Lincoln, the per year figure from Lincoln would be lower than say uh, Bristol City or mm. a high Premier League or category club, category one club. So it's an X amount per year. So Pats are never going to be in the out of pocket with Adam Murphy if he decides to go at the end of the season. I got Adam Murphy's actually very happy to, to finish the season at Pats. But, but because... You know, there's a certain set compensation figure at the end of the season. A club now can offer more money. Um, yeah. To get done. And also, if a player goes in a free at the end of the season with compensation, well, then you can't really insert clauses. You can't insert sell-ons and stuff like that. So, like, that's that's the situation. That's a problem. Well explained. So, um, you know, Sam Curtis is in a similar boat. Um, and, like, you know... You, this is why the clubs can only have X amount of control. Like people talk about getting release clauses out of the equation, and that's terrific. Um, but obviously what might happen then is that players will sign contracts to run out at 18 or 19, and mm-hmm. then you end up losing them just for the compensation figure as opposed to having the scope. Now, Mason Media is a little bit different because he's like 15. 
he's younger and he hasn't signed pro terms yet now there still will be compensation for an amateur going at 16 but it would be smaller now i know for example the cork city this year the player went to hoffenheim um matthew murray was it like the, the they were due a certain amount of compensation um for him to go he didn't sign as a pro as an amateur and i think cork accepted a lower amount in return for getting uh, clauses put into the contract. I think the German club were never anything like this before. But let's just say they were owed seventy grand. I think Cork took something like forty, say. But then they get like a, whatever clauses they've put in. Mm. And as we know with Evan Ferguson at the moment, these clauses are a king. You know, Bose do have a clause with Evan Ferguson, um, even though he left very young. Um, clearly, other players that leave at that age, you mightn't have that. So, you, you, for all these young talents, no club is going to end up with nothing. The, the, the nightmare scenario we end up with nothing, and this is like the, the bridging transfer, as people call it, is if um, you know a player is having a situation with a club who's playing hardball, and then their contract expires, and they, they go to another League of Ireland club, and they just, go just from there. Bridging, yeah. But they've changed, they have changed, I'm not going to get bogged down, but they have changed mm. the rules about um, moving between clubs here and how that's calculated as well so it's not quite as blatant to do that as it was potentially possible to do that before as a one year salary you know and that would obviously in some cases I mean this is the point where I feel sorry for League of Ireland clubs getting ripped off but then you'll have like you'll, we'll have players on like literally no money you know and like Pats have offered Adam, Adam Murphy a very good new contract as far as I know um, but unfortunately you know the two and a half years is up if Adam Murphy hadn't had his hamstring injury last year he would have been probably on the radar earlier. Mm. And there might have been offers coming in from elsewhere when he had a year left in his deal. Now it's obviously, it's coming towards the end. But anyway, on that note, we have a question here as well, following up. It was, uh, give me the name, Matt Sherbrand. Could James McManus become the first player in the league to go for a million euro plus? No, that won't happen. Um, the McManus, I think recently it was 300 grand they were speaking about. Um, and you're not going to go, like if he had an exceptional end to the season, and played an FEI Cup final, say, or something, you might get something, you might get more than 300, and you might get closer to half a million, but it's not a chance you'll get the next one. Um, Keane Guinea will have to be in demand at the end of the season, hard to see him staying. Well, uh, he, they do have an, both players, have an option to an extent, so that'll give them protection, but I mean, it is one of those, like, the, the, the reality bites if he continues his scoring form and finishes the end of the season I'm sure Bowes will have offers for him as a striker mm. and it's, it's hard like you you always say now nah, he won't leave um, but these play, you know Aidan Keane people I won't leave and there's always an offer How good um, was uh, James Clark in the highlights reel? No it's very game. good yeah and it's, it's, it's he's proven like, you forget James Clark was at Rovers mm. you know when he was younger and it was at Drawda and was probably under the radar at Drawda a bit um, but he's thriving, and like you need more James Clarks like, to, make, to make the league stronger. Like, this is the point. Like you know, the elite players will go. We need more late blooming players who've yeah. been in the League of Ireland system to just to to step forward when other players leave. I I didn't see the game now, like so much in the highlights, but um, watching him and Afalabi link up, both were very good in in patch, like created good chances away at Pats, who are you know if not the form team in the league. Um, I think it's going to be a really, really good run in. Like, there's all these teams at the top. I don't think there's that much between them anymore. Um, I really the way Shamrock Rovers are playing. So, lots of exciting, yeah, uh, really, really exciting games ahead. Like, I, 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 I'd be loath to call in the title race. Bows finish games strongly. I think mm. the thing about Bows is they're finishing a lot of games strongly. They've got options on the bench. Clearly, need to start some games better, you know. Um, mm. but it's it's true. Now, uh, will Bows call the new stadium after Evan Ferguson? I mean, it'll always be Daily Mount. I mean, it is crazy. Like, I mean, uh, like you, 
like I, I, it's just stating the obvious, but like Bowes are in this weird position where like Evan Ferguson won't be leaving Brighton on a free. He's not going to let his contract run down. Like he's going to go for an insane amount of money. Well, they see Gary a, Lineker tweeting about Spurs and start market. thinking, oh, this is good. This is putting it on oh, the, the agenda. Guy, Gary, like, this Gary Lineker tweets once and the whole no. of Ireland loses its head. Mm. Like, honestly, how bad are we for any reference? Uh, will, will someone in the English media establishment say something nice about one of our players, a tweet, and we're literally creaming ourselves? Insecurity, yeah. It's unbelievable. Do you it's remember like, my Twitter spat with Gary Lineker back in the day? That was I, hilarious. Uh, what was it about? Rory McIlroy. Oh, God. Uh, you were a great loss to, uh, to Twitter, really. Uh, great loss to Gary Lineker as well. It really upped his kind of interactions at the time. But, uh, yeah. yeah, in any event, though, Ferguson does score, obviously, at the weekend. And yeah, it's more than Gary Lineker's saying. No, no, it's, it's, it is everyone, but like it's, it's sort of funny how that one seems to have triggered a, as though the BBC presenter suggesting Spurs might sign and might in some way move the dial and make mm. it happen. Um, Spurs legend, to be fair. No, no, he is, but like he's still not, the, he's just a presenter. He's not, doesn't control transfer policy. Never got um, booked, of course, as well. But um, yeah, yeah. yeah, but uh, I mean, it is mad, like Bose, that they're going to, at some stage in the future, like they're definitely, I mean, you can be concerned, I think to conservative conservative return for them is something like seven, eight million here at this stage. I think it's conservative. You look at the the market as well, Neymar going to Saudi and that, and it's kind of skewing it to the extent that if Spurs flog somebody to Saudi Arabia or some other club Why are you does, talking about Spurs? Brighton rather does. Sorry, if, if, if Spurs flog somebody to Saudi Arabia, then they have more money. Say you look at the loggerheads that you mentioned between uh, Liverpool and uh, Chelsea over a casino or whatever. It's like, this is crazy money. If he's worth a hundred and something million Ferguson could go for insane money in, a, in a particular And probably to a better club than Spurs, I would say. Um, um, so, yeah. Ooh, uh, yeah. No, no, yeah. I would say so, yeah. Um, so, um, Jesus, where do you think he's going to end up, Dan? At a better club than Spurs. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. In England? Yeah. Going to say in England, that's yeah. going to be... It's like a... It's like a, at manu- it's like a, Actually... It's like a bad 70s, 80s detective show there. It's like... Speak, speaking to Murder, her, she wrote. It's like, oh no, there's a, body, there's a body in the room. Speaking to our producer, Dale, we, we're both like thinking Man United need a striker last night, so let's get that Oh, going. they've signed Hoyland. That's the yeah. only thing. That's the only issue yeah. for, for Evan. I, I, Manchester United were definitely interested in Ferguson and weren't mad at him signing his new contract. Um, but he signed his new contract. So, but still... Um, I doubt I doubt that would put them off coming back or, or anyone coming back from it. I think he'll have his pick of the best clubs to be honest. Um and Bowes will they will coin it in. It's like it's like the Harris Town deal, except they're in Daily Mount. You know, what here's, here's gonna be a lump sum. It's not it's not coming from a property developer. It'll what, come what, from hap- some what kind happens to Bowes if they get like eight, eight million? This is this is well, it's, funny like, thing, it's like, like three group stages without bonuses and mm. expenses. But uh, listen, Bowes are a members own club. Like, you know, so uh I'd imagine they won't have a stadium named after Evan Ferguson, but, you know, you could have a training facility or, or, or stuff like that done in his name. Uh, and, of course, listen, it gives you the it gives you the, the, the scope whenever it comes. It's probably you never know when it's going to come. But, like, you can, you can sort of, you can increase your budgets considerably. I don't think, I don't think, you never say never in the League of Ireland, that they'll splurge it all, right? I don't think they will, it won't be allowed. But it just allows you to raise your thresholds for what you can do. Because I think Bose, as it is, is doing well as a club with merchandise big, and big sales. Yeah. Anyway, they are probably going to have that lull when they have to move out of Daily Man to get it done. You know, and, and like that's obviously going to leave them short in certain areas. Um, I but, can see it now, yeah. There's the sign, like, visit Palestine and then, like, Evan Ferguson beside us, like, you know. Yeah, Evan Ferguson, who's, who's joined Al-Ali the previous week or whatever, for like, what are you going to do now, Bose? The Saudi club have just bought him for 250 million. What are you going to do with that cash? I mean... 
that that will be the ethical dilemma. Uh, that would be the only comfort for everyone else taking the piss out of them. Uh, but they'll, it, it is, they'll still get the money. It, it is. Uh, I was checking in with Alex Murphy's dad just during the week. It is absolutely mad the Saudi thing when you think how like. I've been such a contradiction on this and the, all the Saudi money coming into sport, but how close it was to go United would have been just a Saudi club at the moment. Well, uh, yeah, we don't know. We, we we still don't know if it was a proper Saudi or was it just like two lads like running a kebab stall in Saudi. We're, we're unclear on that. Um, shells and Rovers. Um, yeah, Pat Dunn. What with did bo- you make With both Rovers and Shells unable to sell out the other day, our Pat's now the second biggest supporter that was, club. That was, my, uh, that was my my vote for the mailbag winner. I just but, thought that was quite quite good. Well, yeah, see, so you, you went for the antagonistic one rather yeah, than the was, optimistic one. I know, it was it was a bit of a... When, 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 it, when it, he says a, it didn't sell out... That's a sort of a, you know, that I'm not going to make it a comparison, but really like... When he says it didn't sell out, was that like both ends or... Well, apparently it was both ends, but I mean, okay. it felt like there was a decent crowd there, mm. you know, and like... I, like, I think, I think to be fair, this is just like drunks arguing over sort of a cocktail sausage here. Like, but you know? but there's also the point that Shamrock Rovers fans are now in this lull at the moment. Like, I met met a few Rovers fans lately, really down on them in Europe. You go to the game against uh, Cork, albeit it was a Sunday game, really low crowd by Rovers standards, and then they can three and a half thousand people there. That's yeah, but damn, they're averaging over six, like. No, I know, um, but it's, I'm, I'm still... And it's a big game. It's a really big game. Like, their title... Yeah, but the Sunday games have never... They've never no, got great No, and you can see the same at Brandywell. But but they should be... Um, yeah, but Sherlock Rovers fans are on a bit of a downer at the moment. No, they are. Uh, no, they are. And like, there's no doubt, like, you know, they're not where they, you would expect them to be in this, like, momentous four-in-a-row chase, you know. But anyway, Dwayne Doyle, how good is Gavin Malloy? Every week he puts in top-class performances. Well, nearly every header on Friday didn't give Gaffney a sniff. It's scary, he's only 21. Colm Lamb, how are Shells fans feeling? 13 draws this season is a lack of quality or cautiousness that's holding them back. I mean, Gavin Malloy, yeah, I mean, he is very good and he's gone from that midfielder to being a centre-half or in a back three or he can play everywhere. Now, like, is it, I don't know, like, how high his ceiling is. I keep making that point about ceilings, but, like, is it just that he's going to end up being an exceptional League of Ireland player? Like one mm. of those like great sort of like, you know, like a Ronan Finn or an own Heary or one of these sort of players that, or could he progress? You would have thought doors will open for him with his versatility. Mm. I know sometimes players get to a certain age and there's more of a buzz around attackers and stuff, but that's actually changed. Like you see the volume of players, like the likes of Own Toll going over with no real fanfare, say, with a good body of experience and then going in to play for Bolton. I suppose with Malloy, the question is, what is his best position at a higher level? Yeah. That, that's, that, that's, What's the crack that's the with, with Moylan then? So Moylan's kind of, you know, Duff is saying he's kind of playing him because, um, you know, he doesn't have Sean Boyd and all that. Um, has his performances, have his performances dropped? You're on about this. Yeah, I don't know. He came, he came off the bench and he was fine. Like, mm. I, I mean, like he was, look, look, again, this is the classic thing of, um, you know, if you believe the internet, like he's had several, his last games for Shelburne is tonight. Yeah. His last yeah, game. Yeah. And like, certainly from my impression, it was never a case that, like, I think he will join Lincoln, but there was never a sense that, that Duff was going to just let him go as soon as possible. Just, you know, that was going to be the case. Um, and again, you get to a point, and it comes back to this compensation thing, whereas the difference between the transfer fee and the compensation isn't massive. So, like, if shells are chasing Europe um, for an extra, say, 40 grand, mm-hmm. but Europe could be worth 250 grand, I mean, okay. you, you, you hold on to the player. So, I mean, like, Duff afterwards was sort of talking about, um, 
you know, will, will something happen close to the window? Maybe it will. All the, the I mean, I went to Talca on Friday. The one thing was the, the the director's box there was swarming with Turks, and it was like women, children, everything. Like you know, there was they were all over the place. Now there was one of them who ended up coming back and sitting in the last row of the press box, which again, like. And this is facilities. I think uh, Paulo Harris sat next to him, a colleague. He was pointing out he was he was like rubbing his hand along, and there was like sort of bits of like bird shit or whatever, or, like dust and stuff on the back row. And like, that's I, well, I had to take my seat and talk. It was like yeah, just scr- like, these are the things that you cover league of Ireland, you just get used to, and you don't you don't realize you're doing it. You, until you can't. Other like people the, are there. The stand in talk is like something from like a Michael Collins movie or something like. It's like it's, it's like you know, like you might be you might have your your house might be in squalor, but you only notice it when guests are coming. You know, yeah, or someone's coming over, we have to better clean the house. And you, Isn't it you know, absolutely remarkable, Dan, though, that somebody comes over from Turkey, right, with all due respect in terms of his economic performance, is miles off Ireland, miles off Ireland. He comes over to see a team managed by Damien Duff, and this is the shithole they're playing in, and that is normal well, in the League of Ireland. Well, to be fair, as you can see, some of the circles he moves in in Turkey, like... That's a bit like talking about the economic situation in Russia and then bringing over a, a landowner from Moscow. Like, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I think uh, Turkey... I know, I know what you there's, mean. There's the, you know, like, he's not, he's, not, he's not coming from the mean of Turkish economy wealth here. Like, he is at the... But he goes to football. I mean, he's the he Turkish Simon Kyle, for God's sake. But he goes to football games in Turkey and his use of facilities are an awful lot better than this, even in no, Turkey. No, that's, no, 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 that's exactly my point. Um, I don't think the Turkey-Ireland socioeconomic yeah. comparison works here. The fact is, there was loads of them there. There was a penalty shout in the first half and they were wandering up into the press box and like looking for replays and they were getting very animated about what was going on and even at the full time whistle um, I don't know like it was his partner or whatever with him and she like you know gave a big cheer after Malloy's goal and, and he was more Akon was more level headed is he thinking is a draw enough you know should we should we want to win but uh, Harry they, Harry Wood who's come in from Hull really really good setting up the goal yeah um, they made a tactical switch at half time to sort of match up Rovers and what they did mm. is they got Wood and Jarvis very close together uh, and Wood basically was dropping deeper, get involved and basically give it to Will, give it to Jarvis who was running at Rovers and we don't have many players in the league like him who can travel at pace and really take people Akiki on. good as well. Yeah, and but like, yeah, but Jarvis like looked looked very good but Wood was the player knitting it all together. Rovers had to take Ronan Finn off, bring on Darren Nugent to try and go for younger legs on Jarvis but um, so yeah, I mean, to the point about Shell's caution, I know they're getting slagging for like... They came ce- back from behind against the Celebrating North a lot of big draws and mm. it's true yeah. But, but and, and like in, in fairness, right? What I will say, like Rovers, the first half were, were close to themselves. Like they completely dominated the first half. Um, but the fear for me would be with the run that they've had. So you play well in the main, and then you still end up with fifteen twenty minutes to go, trying to just see the game out to the and finish look line. Look at the goal they conceded again. But they gave up. But they gave up. See, they invited that. Now, look, yeah. this is classic scoreboard journalism, right? If that if that yeah, corner comes they look in comfortable. and it's cleared away, we'd say, well, the experienced team, the ground that I, I had that report written. But the fact is, they have a goalkeeping issue, one hundred percent at the moment. They do, yeah. And but they they just invited that pressure, and I think they now go away into a two week break just to stew over that now. Mm, and mm. Um, look, we, we should mention another comment about like we have a lot of other mailbag comments. I'm going to fly through a load of them now, but the was it a Smith Sean shot was on about you know player abuse uh, bottling cones throwing racist shouts years ago there was witty non-personal shouts from the stand now fans feel they can say what they like uh, he references recording players it's weird that's a reference to another video going around from a festival um, involving a young player in the league the funny thing about that for me is that there's a the player with them is arguably higher profile and playing at like a one of the top clubs 
uh, in the world top names and no one even notices him. Everyone knows. I, I don't know. I have no idea. Everyone what notices about, the League of Ireland player in the video. I think that's kind uh, of funny. Um, but um, the behaviour of like Aaron Green again, like something was like we were doing the manager interviews. I didn't see this. It's actually Paul O'Hare did see. Aaron Green like resp- responding angrily and then we spoke to a couple of players coming off um Johnny Kenny and, and Sean Gannon just asked them and they were pretty up- upset you know or, or you know Gannon in particular was just angry that something disgraceful was chanted at Aaron Green now I think it's just I think a lot of this stuff is just a societal thing it's an yeah, extension agree, of yeah. society you see all the stuff that's happening on the streets I agree 100% you know and I think that this is an ex- it's not like a football problem but clearly um you know, it's and it's hard to police behaviour after games or outside stadiums. Um, but clearly, if you've Id- identified a culprit, like you have to sort of, I'm, I'm not a zero tolerance justice person. Like mm-hmm. I think there has to be a scope to forgive people too. But obviously, you have to, um, you know, you have to take a hard line. We, we just can't let it go unmentioned. But anyway, I'm going to fly through a lot of our comments here. Uh, Daryl mentioned was Duff sending a message to owners with his per transfer window message. Yeah, it was funny he did say that. Like, you know, we didn't have a great window. Um, although they did sign two good players from Hull. But I think with Shells, um, I think the winter would be the big one for them. Let's see what type of money they're offering. Christopher Miles, was there, sorry, Jessica Fletcher fan account. What happens first? LOI TV, Red Zone, or Roof for away fans at Talca Park? I would go for the... It doesn't rain in Ireland um, mm. unless in July I suppose yeah but, um, Christopher Miles was arguing um, I don't agree with this he was like it seems unfair that a team like Waterford wouldn't get promoted automatically when they're streets ahead of the rest of those teams his argument is it should be two up and two down yeah that, that's a, it's a fair argument I mean the, 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 I think relegating 20% of your top division automatically uh, promotes instability yeah I, I get where you're coming from um, albeit at the same time it prompts the likes of Sligo Rovers to sort of get rid of two or three of their players because they feel a degree of safety so it's like we're not in a relegation battle here so let's now I think Sligo need the money but it's like let's get rid of a couple players yeah. the, the playoff system Dan I, I like I have to say I, I, I'm becoming less and less of a fan because it obviously um hurts the team that finishes second big time that team has to win three games to get to get like it's the one in eight chance if you're playing against level teams you have to play three games and then it's so packed now between second and fifth and sixth and seventh and eighth it's just like it's almost like it's not even interesting the well yeah i think i think I, I take your point on that i think it's more pronounced because we have this so let's just say galway replace ucd and let's just say that the playoff ends up with Cork. Well, that's going to happen. Well, let's just say it ends up with Cork. Yeah. Or it doesn't even yeah. matter, right? Sorry, Galway so, will replace Yeah, us. they will. All right. So, uh, let's just, it doesn't really matter the playoff result, but um, then the next season in the first division, right, usually aren't going to come in and be a Galway or Waterford. They're not going to come in and be like Steamroll. pro team, right? So, yeah. they're going to go into the pack. Um, so, you will probably have a situation where there will always be one strong team in the first division. Like, it'll be Cork or Waterford next year, if you know what I mean. That would be full time. And then that will create a playoff dynamic, which will be slightly different, you would think. Okay, like Bray might give a push or Harps or who knows. There are clubs there that might try and kick on. But kick that, on into what, though? Well, well, that's the thing. To being probably the type of team you want coming out of a playoff, the team that's like, you know, giving it a go. But it might always be that that team then, it's weighted against them in the the playoff like you have to be a really good playoff team to capitalise on a really weak premier team that should be better if you know what I mean like we're going to create a situation where we might have 11 teams we might have 11 if draw to go in a particular way right we might end up in a situation where we have 11 full time teams in the country so there'll be 10 in the premier and then there'll be the top one in the first that's just been relegated from the premier the previous mm. year like that is a possible scenario the, 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 prob- the problem for me is the difference in finishing second and fifth is almost nil so it's like you've all these 
see, Waterford have been in no man's land for ages now. Um, so what would you prefer, about second and third only then? I would... This is my solution, right? Because um, if you have eight teams with nothing to play for in the first division, you will have players released in the mid-season point yeah. and, just can't, and you can't go this back is, to that. This is my solution. It's it's uh, slightly left field, but one up, one down as it is. The second last team in the Premier Division goes into two semi-finals with the third, with the second, third and fourth. So it's two semi-finals and a final and that decides. Okay, uh, yeah. I just think the problem with that is the length of the season. I'd like it, but I mean, that's it. Right? Well, if that ninth place team ends up in the FAI Cup final, when are you going to play all those matches? No, it's like, it's it's just two semi-finals and a final. But when are you going to play them? But sure, we already have, like, we've already, you have to play two, you have to play three games to, I think three, second, I think three double leg games in the first division to get up. Oh, so I say single, they're all single-legged games. Yeah, so just, so, so it's like... Okay, like one second, of those Euro playoffs. Okay, yeah, all right, I see, I see it, your point it, in that. And it makes it more damaging to finish second last, a lot more damaging, because you have to win two games to stay up, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, but it doesn't go back to fifth, because fifth is just, it's too many teams, like... Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, I don't know, sometimes I think the teams that finish second last, they can be sucker punched. But anyway, let's, let's move on. Um, Need a third tier as well. AO6, yeah, would someone make a <clears> reference <throat> that any update on it never ending? Um, I, I don't have a firm one. No, we must try and get it, someone from the FIA in for an update on that. Uh, AO6, did any any Premier Division club make an inquiry about P- uh, Piero? Um, Flying it during the winter. I, wa- I watched it. Yeah, LOI TV again. I, I was able to watch the last fifty minutes. Long for that long. Goal. Amazing goal. With hindsight, it seems it would have been worth the point for Corks. Like it was at risk of leaving these shores at the end of the season. I think this is tied in with the ownership situation mm. alone. It's. I think clubs have made inquiries for him, and it's not straightforward. It's not just a case. Nothing of, ever is. He's not. A, he's not a forty-week contract player who's on the free at the end of the season. He is coming with a price, and I think, um, yeah, I I've, maybe we'll have a look I've at that great, loan. In I have great, I have great plans to go and look into that loan. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a story yeah. there. So, oh, oh, I, I hadn't watched them in ages. Then you think there's a Colombian and there's all these players. Like they're all there's a Portuguese manager. They're all living in that loan. Like what the hell? As far as I know, I don't think they're like members of the PFI as like professional players. So like, what what is happening? Like, um, I think it's worth looking into. Always interesting. Greg would like, to see the the, would like to see the FEI and their new cup sponsors make an effort to promote the games at the weekend. Feels like an international break because the league stops for a week. Yeah, I can see that point. Um, like, yeah, I don't know what they could do, but um, certainly for the quarterfinal stage onwards, like a sports director should be doing a press day or something around those games um, because he, he Greg is right I think um, Shane Kennedy I heard there are top referees I heard that our top referees couldn't do Friday matches their refereeing in Europe it's absolutely crazy given the talent pool is so small if that's the case we just moved the whole league to the weekend uh, he was critical of the Shells Rovers referee I don't think he can move uh, around the fixture to the weekend because of referee availability that just is that's like giving up to the problem I think that in fact it should be viewed as an opportunity those games to maybe give your second tier refs the chance to do Premier Games and see are they ready to step up just the problem is yeah. there's concerns about the level um, there was reference to Derry County Board getting off lightly in the chat around Derry to Windsor Talla but I don't think they have enough seats Derry GA has been a big problem yeah. they don't have enough yeah. I mean look the, there's no doubt that when it comes to like you know opening Croke Park and stuff like Ulster GEA is generally it's the it's the fundamentalist wing of the mm. GEA when it comes to that stuff you know and they're probably, I can understand to some degree why they're particularly entrenched um, but it actually uh, strikes at another they, point they wouldn't, they wouldn't, but they wouldn't have they wouldn't have met the regulations either our, our sporting facilities in general are terrible yeah. like it's the same in Gaelic games like uh, no I know they're not, they're not it's, at a certain it's level mad. But, yeah, and, and, and just very briefly like, and it's, it's like but it's like this is why football uh, in this country often gets uh, pillory because it's benchmarked against yeah. everywhere else where it doesn't happen in, in relation to facilities the alarming thing is and again 
everything is subject to where we're going here and um, with the climate and all that but like jesus christ we'll be years and years and years before we get anywhere we're, we're making no progress with stadia at all no. and it's exceptionally expensive to do anything now no but you can you can apply for the sports grants equipment scheme folks just mm. uh you know just just put in your your ticket there for the raffle you might uh, you might get something for now is there any reason irish clubs don't look to sign players from the icelandic league they have a new manager seems to be plenty of talent there and no i don't think irish clubs made them look good they are good I think, I mean, the thing is, as you know, anyone goes to Iceland. It's their own good money. They're on the standard of living and and the price of things there. I don't, that's why we, you do see players come here from Estonia Mm. and so on that you've played against in Europe, but getting players from Iceland, I don't think the sums will will add up there. I'm not sure they were that good either. Pats have, uh, uh, Pats have more clean sheets this season with Joe Redmond in the team than without him. Despite him being injured for almost double the amount of games that he's played, kept the red hat off a lab, quiet and Friday can't be underestimated how massive the player is. Yeah, it's a massive point about Joe Redmond and I mean, Pats had a chance in Europe to make a run they really did um, but anyway um, Kellen McLaughlin if very progressive they didn't have Joe Redmond though if that, that would that yeah. was the point. Sorry, sorry. That was the point, yeah. McBain. I, I think um, they. The, if yeah. Jerry progresses, wins are back on the agenda. Uh, no, I wouldn't have thought so. Mm. The UEFA excuse a little bit watery. Um, but, uh, you know, the, it's the point that they've made. Uh, Mark Kearns with argument, but should we stagger games across three days? Um, no. Um, Friday nights where Friday it's nights are working for attendances. I, I, we, we tried it during COVID, but no, especially with the Premier League back and the staggering of that. Um, and then uh, Kevin O'Hardy made a reference to Buckley struggling SOS John Caulfield not so sure about that um, will Sligo be dragged into relegation battle Mark McKillen asked after losing Matt and McNichols as again I think Cork City might be the ones that saved him now let's go and hear from Mark Connolly we chatted to him uh, last night it's about uh, Monday night that is we should clarify uh, talking a little bit about his European experiences and what is a massive game in Tala on Thursday night yeah, Mark, uh, the last time we had John Zoom, uh, it was uh, pretty uh, illuminating, telling us stories about your uh, your old days playing Gaelic football and all that. Um, how has the season been for you? You're just back from injury. I see you uh, were kind of half-rested against Rod, and How have you been generally? Yeah, um, the season itself has probably been a bit of a slow start uh, with the injury, doing my hamstring and stuff, but... Um, now sort of over over that side of it. Uh feeling good. Um got back playing regular games in Europe, uh, which has definitely helped. And obviously the travel over the weekend, the manager made a few changes for the Drahada game. Um so I was one of them. So um yeah, so it was nice to sort of probably getting coming back from the injury and getting the games, and then obviously that trip uh would have probably been difficult for myself to probably play, but um, thankfully we've got a strong squad now, um, and sort of majority of boys are back from injury, so so the manager can sort of uh, make them changes. You must have been itching to get back and to play in Europe as well, because I presume that was one of your motivations. Yeah, that was to be honest with you, that was that and winning winning the league was probably the two biggest things for me. Um, playing in Europe, it was quite strange. I think Patrick McLenny had played. I think he's. 50 games or something in Europe, which was crazy, or 40, something. It was crazy stat I heard there recently. And then I'm standing there in the pitch with my first one, and I'm thinking in Pharaohs, probably a little bit of butterflies in, on, um, with me for the game because it's, it's something I'm not used to. Um, but it was an, an amazing experience. And now we're sitting here with a with a great opportunity to try and get into the, the playoff in the fourth round. How good would you say that performance was in beating cups over the two legs especially given the madcap nature I suppose of the second game 
Yeah, they were. Listen, they they were they were a really really good side. Um, the way they played, they, they had some very good footballers, international players, but their technical ability was was very very good. But I thought that, that over the two legs, I thought we'd done really really well, especially out there. Um, some of the goals we conceded, I being a defender was extremely disappointed with, but the way we the way we kept going and and we deservedly went through. You know, sometimes people can scrape by and they can think ah. Oh, Maybe didn't deserve it. I felt like over the two legs, we, we certainly deserved it. And um, like I said, they're, they're a good side, but uh, it was a it was a brilliant achievement from the boys. Yeah, like Mark, I am curious. I saw a couple of dressing room photos afterwards of like uh, I don't know what song was being sung, but there was a sort of a bit, a bit of crack. But uh, like, look, you've had a long career in football, right? You've had a lot of, I'm sure you know, nice away wins, and you get on the bus and you go home, and it's it's great and all, but. Like how different is it to be, to be walking into an airport arrivals terminal a couple of hours later and there's fans there? Like that struck me as a, it's 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 the it's the European experience that's just very different from, and listen, like you had a very good you know respectable career and like it's very hard to stick it out and I'm sure with Crawley Town and with the various clubs in Scotland you've big away wins and I'm sure it's great on the bus but this is there's something about this that's another level in some ways, isn't there? Yeah, honestly, you're, you're you're spot on. Like you, at Crawley, we beat Sheffield United away at Bramall Lane, and all these things, and you're back on the bus and back up the road, and there's no one meeting you at the stadium when you get there. Um, but coming back from from that trip, on on that trip itself, that we have a we have a, a physio um Breach, who's a who's a dairy woman, and she came on the pitch at the end, and and she had full tears in her eyes. So you kind of realise at that stage what it means to these people because. Not only do they work for the club, but they're they're um they're fans at the end of the day, and then you land and then you hear you hear all the singing and and chanting and everything at the airport. And you're thinking, what's going on here? Because we were oblivious to it. We didn't know what was going on. And then walking through and you see Mickey Duffy. Obviously, I don't know if you've all seen the video properly, but you see the face on some of the boys. They were they were absolutely gobsmacked by the by the return. Um, and to have that, like you said, you can play all these big games or whatever it may be, but that sort of atmosphere coming back to the airport in, in Derry was in, was incredible. And it, it just shows you how much it means to people. Um listen, it was we, we got past the the second round in, in Europe in the qualifying stages, but to see the the sort of the, the fans and how it made them feel um was was something that I'll I'll never forget. And and sometimes people can come back from England, Scotland, wherever it may be, and it can kind of be a case of right. Well, I'm just coming back. I put my feet up and relax and enjoy it for a bit. But this has purely been probably the best, the best time of my my career with with the group of boys we have in the changing room, the city itself. It's a it's an amazing place with amazing fans, and it just means that bit more when you when you do them things, um, and when you're winning games, it, it feels more of a a pride. I think I've spoke about this before, but there's such a pride, and, and like I said, coming back to the airport and having all them fans there was 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 special. It was a special night. Yeah, because I, I sort of sense it off you, as I said, like your experiences in football and and sort of traveling up and down the UK. I'd imagine it makes you pretty streetwise. You know, some of the things you've been through, and like you know, contracts, and you've seen a lot of things in the game. But we were in touch briefly last week. And you could sense it off you. There was almost that little bit of, I don't know what the word is, giddy sort of childlike, childlike thing in some ways about like 
here I am in Kazakhstan. Like, how the hell has this happened? You know, that you, you think you've seen a lot of things in the game, but then you're suddenly packing your bags to, where are you off to, mate? Today, I'm off to Kazakhstan, you know? And I'm sure even for ex-teammates of yours or whatever, they must be, they're probably looking at this going, this is a, what's he up to here? You know? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's madness. Like, like you said, you're, you, you deal with a lot over in, I think the, the mental side of it over in, in England and in Scotland, not so much, but England was, was a bit of a grind at time. And like you said, dealing mm. with contracts, dealing with owners and all these things, agents and that, it's, it's, it's tough. You have to be streetwise. You have to duck and dodge and, and stuff like that there. But coming back, um, wanting to play in Europe. I never once thought that I'll be playing in Kazakhstan. I've played in some mad places, but Kazakhstan was was crazy. I was speaking to, like you said, a, an old teammate, Lauren Shankness at Hearts, and um, obviously he was just, he just was laughing. He was like, it's mad that you're going to Kazakhstan to play to play a game. It was a... He scored in Rosenberg last week. Yeah, he, he, scored, he, scored, yeah. he scored. He scored. We were just, we, I was talking about, about the team. Obviously, they've, they had Rosenberg and he... Um, Said that obviously they're a good side, so he scored and made it two one. So they've got a they play they play at home in Tynecastle Thursday night, so it's a big one for them. But obviously we're kind of speaking. He's in Europe, I'm in Europe. And we're just speaking about it, but we're just laughing on a on WhatsApp about I'm in Kazakhstan playing playing a match and just the whole we stuck to our time and it was like we were we went down to the reception and asked the guy could we play pool or something at four o'clock in the morning but it was obviously 10 or 11 o'clock in our time and the boy was looking at us thinking what's going on here <laughs> well i was wondering yeah, i was in kazakhstan once for an ireland game like 10 years ago and it was like that you stayed on local time but i was wondering had you done that you know and as yeah. as yeah as we stuck we stuck like like so ruri so he's probably Used to it probably Europe as well, and and we stuck to the we stuck to the time and stuff, and and the club the way the way the club done everything with the with the hotel there was not there was generally people think we're going to this Kazakhstan it's going to be awful and all this stuff but it was it was brilliant the club made sure there was no excuses for any of the players and um, we stuck to the we stuck to the time and when I when I first heard about that because this is something that I would never have been used to and when I heard about sticking to this our time I was thinking what's this all about. Um, but it made sense and it, it worked out perfect for us, really. Twelve hour flight was it, or twelve hours sort of door to door? Yeah, it was. We well, we we stopped off in um, was it Georgia and Budapest or something like that there. So we stopped off. That was just to refuel. Um, it was a small plane. I think it was like a fifty seater plane. Um, so that was just to stop off the fuel. But again, food wise and everything, the club had everything arranged. It was meals on the plane. Um. We just play. We all. We I took my daughter's um Nintendo Switch, <laughs> so the boys were texting in the group chat before they were going about Nintendo Switches, and I picked it up and I was like to my daughter, "This is a Nintendo Switch, is you?" Like, yeah. So I took that and um played a Mario Kart and stuff on the plane. So so it actually didn't. It actually wasn't too bad. It was. It was quite. It was yeah. quite enjoyable. You know what I mean? We 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 dealt with it well and um. It was a difficult place to go, and, and and I think in the end we're disappointed. We we lost one nil, but um, we could have I think nil nil coming back where we would have been a fair result. But we'll take the one nil. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Well, I mean, I didn't realize you were stealing stuff off your children to go over there. <laughs> but, but I was gonna say, like, you hope you weren't stuck next to someone too boring for like twelve. You know what I mean? Like you're on a fl- you're on a plane and you're walking down the aisle or whatever, and it's like <laughs> you see who, who's in your seat. Who's no, coming? Think, think of what the we, lad we, beside Mark was thinking. <laughs> yeah, he actually he tried to jump out halfway. So we did, <laughs> but um, 
No, we actually made it clear that because it was our own sort of plane, you could say that we said well, you can sit anywhere. So we're kind of running on to get your first <laughs> week. But uh, me and uh, it was me, Paul McMullen, uh, Kieran Harkin, uh, Mickey Duffy, Patrick McElhenney, we were kind of sitting at the back. The problem was we were sat beside the toilet. <laughs> so it's a long flight when everyone's going to the toilet and stuff. And we were kind of timing to see if you're over a certain time, we know it might not be a... Uh, a piss so um but yeah but it was um but no it was it was it was a great trip it was actually a, a trip that we we've a tight group um a good group of lads and stuff but it actually brought us together um being on the plane being in the hotel there's only like i said there's only so much you can do so it, it brought us all together and, and um and I think yeah, the result over there. I thought I thought we played. I thought we done well, and the way we were set up, and they're a good side. They've got some really really good players, especially in the in the in the attack and third. So um, I thought we done really well, and and we've given ourselves a, an opportunity for Thursday. What was like Rory Higgins saying afterwards? What was that? Sorry, what was Rory Higgins saying afterwards? Listen, he was just he was he was happy with how we sort of um held our shape and and like we were saying, there's probably a lot of boys haven't played in Europe before, so it's a totally different game. It's a totally different aspect of when you're playing against, like I said, the likes of your Dundalks and Pat Shamrock Rovers. You're you're kind of used to what you're doing, whereas these boys, you watch them on tape and you can get an idea of what they're like. But until you come up against it, um, it's a bit different. Like walking out and you don't clap your away fans because there's no one there. I think there was one guy there that works over in Russia from Derry. And I think he traveled like eight hours to come over and watch the game. Wow. I, I I don't know. I don't know where he was in the stand. Unfortunately, we didn't get the <laughs> clapping or anything. But um, but yeah, so I think the manager himself was was happy with the application, the way we set up, the way we sort of stuck to the to the plan and the structure of the of the game. Um probably would have liked of us not to lose, but I think coming back to back to home um to Ireland with with a one nil a one nil um result uh defeat you're kind of looking you've got a chance again that's totally different for me I'm not I'm not used to sort of Europe when we conceded that goal automatically I'm thinking right if it's one nil you still have a chance you know when it goes mm. two or three you can sort of you can get your rabbit in headlights you lose a goal you think your head sort of mumbles up but um the boys were brilliant for such a for such a young side we um the boys done really really well and like i said the ties still fully there on Thursday. have you have you found then that some players have come into their own in your so like you look at the likes of diallo like that this is a new experience for them and this it's not like you're coming out of your shell but like some players just really do take to it absolutely yeah you're spot on um Sads especially, he's been he's been outstanding. Um, boys, when you're not used to it, it's kind of that the unknown. You kind of let the mm. shackles off a wee bit. Um, yeah, you're spot on there. It's you kind of you don't know, so you kind of take when you have that fear factor of in the league or stuff. If we lose this game, this might happen. Whereas in Europe, it kind of feels like you have that sort of like a free shot type thing. Um, but the other thing with us, we kind of knew everyone was sort of out uh, from Ireland. And again, the coefficient and all that there, stuff I would never have even known anything. I've always heard about it, but I never knew how important it was for teams to do well. So now when you actually, the more you see teams in Ireland playing in Europe, you want them to do well, you're kind of cheering them on. Um, so for us, it's important as well for us to try and do well and make sure, I think it's in the top 30, Dan will know, he knows all them things, but the top 34, 33. 33. 
close close enough but um but I, but yeah like i said it's um it's important for us to have that pressure of making sure do well but um like johnny was saying the the boys kind of you could see um you can see boys sort of uh, taking the shackles off and and enjoying it, and I thought, especially obviously, you said Sads, but I think Diallo was was outstanding. Um, over there, he um, he's a listen, he's a he's a very good player, but you could see that difference in him. He sort of was he stepped up to the stage in Europe in European football, and and I thought he was brilliant. Yeah, like that cups game. Just to go back to it, I mean, mm-hmm. I look, me and Johnny were actually watching that, and we were texting, and it was like a crazy game. And in some ways, as you said, like you conceded goals that you'd kill yourselves about. You know, in some way, but it was just like this thing where you, you just got up and you had to go and score. It was this like jeopardy. It's not like a league game where it's like, right, a point will do. It's just knockout football where you just completely go for it. And I don't know, like there was that sort of sense of whatever blow you took, you were going to go and score again. Yeah. Sort of yeah. Oh, see, again, me as a defender, the, the goals we conceded, like, listen, you you kind of forgotten about, but for me, I'm looking at them and I'm thinking they were terrible, really bad mm-hmm. goals. But like you said, it was like a boxing match. Someone throws a punch and then you're throwing a punch back and it was kind of back and forth, back and forth. And uh, it was, I, I thought it was brilliant how how strong we finished. Um and that's obviously hats off to, to Kevin McCready and, and the sports science people here at, at Derry because I think we've a fit team. I thought I thought that Coops game, especially come probably the 60th minute, we kind of took on from there. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can see we were finishing strong. Mickey Duffy and these boys were... Uh, it just felt like when we were attacking, there's a goal going to come, there's a goal going to come. Um and it was it was a crazy game. Like if it's a if that's a league game, it's probably a bit different. But because both teams know that we need a goal here or we're out, um, and it was it was probably for the fans it was enjoyable. But for us, I was just happy to see the final whistle go and us get through and up the road, and we can sing the song in the in the changing room. Um, Mark, yeah, just from watching the game last Thursday from afar, it looked like the the surface wasn't terrific. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know, like there was a sense that it could be a very different game this week on a different pitch. Like Tala's very good surface. I don't know, is that accurate? They seem like quite a physical yeah. side. They like to pop it over the top. But I kind of wonder yeah. was that the well no, or... no, you're spot you're spot on. Uh, the pitch was pitch wasn't great. Um the grass was quite long, it was quite soft underneath. Uh, in the penalty boxes, there was a lot of sand. Um it, it wasn't if it was in the League of Ireland, it would be the worst pitch probably um, in the League of Ireland. So, yeah, it wasn't a good pitch. Um, but like you said, I think it will, it will, Tala will suit both teams. Um, they're they're a good team. They've got, I think they've a few internationals in their team again. Um, going forward, like I said, they're very, very dangerous. Um, they beat Basel um, away from home. I know Basel got a few men sent off, but they still had a lot of chances even when they had 11 men. So, I think it will suit both sides. I think it'll probably be a, a better game on the eye um, on Thursday night. But but I think what what we were saying was it's going to be one of them games again that's I think both teams I, I would be surprised if they come and sit in. So I think both teams are kind of going to go for it. Um it's a it's a game that someone's going to lose, someone's going to uh, fall out of Europe. So uh, we're just hoping it's not us. But I, I think playing on a good surface, it will be uh, I think we're excited for that now. Just the last last one from me. Um, it's a funny one because people probably think to make progress in Europe, like you want to win the league and then Europe is something that comes 
as a consequence of it, like the champions route. Yeah. Um, but but it's it's sort of funny, like, like you, you do have a chance to do things in reverse here. I know you're not going to get too carried, carried away in any sense, but like this is an opportunity. To, like I guess what I'm saying is some people will say, well, this could damage Derry's league prospects if they have a European campaign. But I'm, I'm guessing when you're in the minute, you just want to just seize this European moment and, and have more of it and not just think about what this could mean for our league if we have a couple okay. of more weeks I, I, here. I, I, Absolutely, I think I think the the manager had touched on it as well that we're we're fighting on all fours at the moment. We're we're still in the league, we're still in the cup, we're still in Europe, um, and you just I think especially us as a team, we're sort of a new team, you could say, with a lot of new players and a and a, and a new squad, and we're kind of just wanting to enjoy the moment and just play play whatever games up we we play. Obviously, um, Rudy made a few changes at the weekend for the Drogheda game, which is. For that for that travel alone, I, I think he needed to. Um, and I think the team that we're playing, they made about nine changes. Um, but I think the way the manager wants to do it will be full focus on on every game we play. It won't just be Europe and and the cup. We've got a after after the cup game on or after the European game on Thursday, we've got a massive game on Sunday that we'll be fully prepared for and 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 fully focusing on to try and win. Um. And once that comes, I think it's, I know it's the old cliche, but whatever your next game is, we'll, we'll look to that there. And that's kind of the way we've been going about it. We haven't really thought too much long-term with the league and stuff. Um, once the get once the Drogheda game came after the, the game out in Kazakhstan, we kind of had full focus on that there. So the way it's been, it's kind of, yeah, I, I know what you're saying, it's, but we're, we're just fully focusing on the next game. We, I don't think we're looking too far into what happens, what ifs and, and, and stuff like that there. This route is a lot more difficult. Um, I think if you win the league, it's it's a lot easier. In, well, I wouldn't say it's a lot easier, but it's it's a little bit um, probably not as tough as what it would be if you finish second or third or win the cup. Um, so, but we have a, we have a chance. Um if we didn't have a chance, it's a bit different, but we, we, we certainly have a chance and we, we have a big chance on Thursday. And if we can get through that, then we will focus on the next round. But Thursday's first, then after that will be um, some pats in the cup, then after that will be bowls, and that's kind of the way we will look at it. Just on to like that the game yesterday as well, or Sunday, um just on to Kev Doherty said like Derry had a bit of a swagger. It must have been nearly ideal because Brian Maher makes a great save. And you got some like really, really good goals at the end. Patching's pass for the second goal and that finish by Duffy. Like so you're it must have been a nice kind of confidence booster to showcase where you're at ahead ahead of Thursday. Yeah, it was massive. Listen, it's been a I think there's been I think our injuries this season as I think a few, I think you probably yourselves, Matt, have probably spoke about it, but it went a wee bit under the radar. I think that we've had some big, big injuries for a lot of big players throughout the season. And I feel like you can kind of see now that the, the squad that 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 the manager has assembled is is coming into fruition with with the likes of like in midfield, especially of Adam O'Reilly, Diallo, Patrick McElhenney, Cameron Dummigan. You're, you you've got a lot of big players in big positions all over the team now. Um and like you're seeing with the swagger, I think the boys are playing with confidence. You've got Mickey Duffy, um, Paul McMullen, a new signing from from Scotland. The, these boys, Will Patching, boys full of confidence. Um, and like I said, it's been a it's been a tough season so far with with the injuries and and sort of off field things that that have happened. Um, so I think I think at the moment we're we're in a good we're in a really really good position. Um, 
the boys are playing with confidence. I think Europe's helped really. It's it's given the boys that probably, like you said, a wee bit of swagger. Um, but their their heads are screwed on. We've got boys that know know what's needed. Um, like I said, we, when you go out to Kazakhstan, we knew what was needed. Um, position wise, sometimes boys can sort of lose that sort of um understanding of the game and what it means that even if we just lose one nil. Um, they sort of kept their positions, kept to the game plan and done that. And then all of a sudden we've got Drogheda a few days later after travelling, getting back at, what time was it? Friday morning. Yeah, Friday morning at nine o'clock in the morning. So mm. it was uh, it was a t- it was really, really tough. But the boys are in a, I must say that you could say swagger, but the boys are in a really, really good frame of mind. We're, we're confident and we've got boys back from injuries, touch wood, that uh, at a really, really crucial point of the of the, of the season. Just finally, and we'll, we'll let you get back to your daughter's um, whatever it is. Um, the <laughs> honest question, right? So the Shamrock Rovers have, um, you know, Shamrock Rovers were the Irish representatives in Europe, um, and they were the ones that RT televised initially. And it's been, it's been very, you know, it was quite disappointing. Derrier on TV Thursday. It's in Tala. Um, would you prefer to play on the grass in Tala or at the Brandywell on the Astro? Personally, I'd rather play at the Brandywell on Thursday purely for the fans to be able to to go 10 minutes, 20 minutes to, to watch a game, 5 minutes, 2 minutes. And it is walk. pricey now on Thursday as well. Yeah, well, listen, the, the price is, um, it's, it's, it's difficult for people to, even, even the cup, we have the cup on Sunday. Mm. Uh, so, it's that's what I mean with, with these with these supporters in Derry. They're they're not just seeing this, but they have been incredible. They genuinely have with the they've backed us, they've followed us a long way. Like being in Derry and traveling up to Dublin, the Aviva Stadium. Whenever we got to the Cup final, they've they've backed us. They really have. Thursday night's going to be it's going to be difficult for people um, traveling to Dublin on a Thursday night. You're probably not going to get back till what two two o'clock in the morning. Um, Ideally, we'd we'd like to be playing in the Brandywell, but um, I get the feeling you'd like people to come out from Dublin as well, like you know, I guess yeah, oh, listen, a hundred percent, and and you know what, actually, funny enough, when we when we finished the game on, uh, yes, uh, on Sunday, um, the amount of the Drogheda lads that had said best of luck would be cheering you on on Thursday night, which again, I I felt like it was a nice touch, um. Don't know if they're saying it just to keep you happy, but I generally I don't think they would say it for no reason. Like for them to after the game, we shook their hands, said well done, and the majority of the boys we shook hands with said best of luck on on Thursday. We'll be cheering you on, and I think that just says a lot about the league, which I, I again I'm new to it, but that's a nice touch, that's a nice feeling of. I I do think there will be, I would say a lot of people in in Ireland will be cheering us on and hope we do well because. We're sort of representing the country, um, and fingers crossed we can. So, um, aye, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, thanks very much to Mark Connolly. It's funny just getting a message there, Dan, from a Dublin-based League of Ireland fan, because I was I texted him about the quality of the uh, patching pass for the McGonagall goal on Sunday, and your man's a fan of his ballers, or whatever. And he goes, I "Was going to see them on Thursday. Ticket price is ridiculous. Not going to go now." There you go. Well, there you go. Now, a, I'm well, sure he, listen, he or she is in the minority. I, I've always said that uh, this WhatsApp group gives an inordinate uh, voice to Johnny Ward's WhatsApp conversation. They are that is like the the discussion point of the country. Johnny Ward's WhatsApps. That is the the barometer Jesus, of the country. Yeah. God, God help the country. Then. Yeah, well, well, that's exactly my attitude. And um, um, now let's let's we need to wrap up before we go with some of our quiz business or quizness. Uh, last week's question for the Rascals Brewery Tour was. 
uh, and I'm struggling to remember what it was. Yes, Daryl Horgan. His who? What club did he make his League of Ireland debut for? This caught some people out. Sligo Rovers. Someone gave us the date of Sligo Rovers' first game. Um, they went to that detail, but he played for Salt Hill Devon. This is the thing. I was thinking this. You complain about all these lads not playing for Galway, but actually, Ruben Gaffney and uh, Horgan for example, they all played. Sorry. If Galway had got their shit together at that point, they might have all played there and built up an attachment. John, Johnny Glynn had some really good players. Yeah. So that's, yeah. it's mad to mention them that played for Merview or Salt Hill. Uh, but anyway, um, that is the story there. And the winner of that quiz, we did have a good selection of right answers and Brian Reddy came out of the draw. Congratulations. This week's question um, for the Rascals Brewery Guided Tour. Um, will we go to Oktoberfest? Maybe we will. Um, the question... Is that the question? No. Uh, who scored the goal for the League of Ireland team when they played Manchester United in the opening match at the Aviva Stadium. It was a 7-1 win. Um, should be straightforward enough. Manchester United did send some of the better players for that one, unlike the most recent cash grab. And the mailbag, I've, I've said Bitter Red Boy, is the winner. This week's fixtures. Yeah, UCD go United. Um, Cork you went straight to that one first, I see. Cork, well, it's not alf- the, that's not alphabetical. It's, 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 RT, it's, RT, it's RT's, it's literally on the list. But who, who did that? That is a bit strange. Like, Someone put you... Go countdown UCD go United. You, are, you, are you doing an extra for RTE at that time? Waterford. How much were you paid? Uh, Bowes Rockmount, Bray Dundalk, Kerry Drogheda, Harps, Skerries, uh, St. Patrick's, CY. That's on Sunday. So Sunday yeah, is St. Patrick's, CY well, against Wexford. Very, and very, very, very briefly here. Um, you're going to get some teams looking at this in the last eight. Geez, we've a chance here. And I do look at Waterford going to Cork thinking, yeah, here we go. We've a, we've a proper chance of a run here. And either one of uh, Derry and yeah, Patrick's going to be out. And, one, and obviously one of. Yeah, Warford have a cup final coming already. They don't need a second one. I mean, they'd like one, but they actually, cup final. Uh, the playoff. Then it's three cup finals. Yeah, but they don't need. They don't need. Ah. They don't need the. Uh, the. I think this is the one year they don't need a cup run. Actually, I think they've been to the last two semi-finals. I think just like focus the the, the minds on promotion. They d- yeah, but yeah. They, it's it's the, like I mean you are looking at Derry, the winner of Derry or Pats. I mean Braden Dock. I mean Ian Ryan's Wexford gave them Dock a few problems last year, but Bray have been a bit flaky. If the Dock can win that and Bowes beat Rockman as you would expect, and then the winner of Derry Pats, they're just trying to avoid each other in the quarterfinals. And then I know you're thinking about Galway, but um, I think they are the contenders. Um, whoever comes out at Derry Pats tie Bowes and Dock, I think they'd be very happy with life. We will talk to you next week when we will know if they are in the FA Cup and we will know if Derry City are still in Europe. We're done.